Hello and welcome to the Headache Doctor podcast. I'm Dr. Taves, uh, joined by Dr. Storsbach, and it's our mission to empower everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. And this is the last podcast of the year, and uh, so we are going to do a recap of kind of a highlight reel of our podcast that we uh, came out with this year. And uh, really, we're going to hit on the the things that you should do. So it's sort of a headache and migraine checklist. And um, so we're breaking down all of the sort of practical things that we provided you guys with and making it into a succinct uh, checklist of if you have headaches or migraines and maybe you aren't able to come receive treatment here at Novera Headache Center, then these are the things that you should be doing or at least the things that you should be aware of in order to best take care of yourself um, in a, in a non-medication way. Because again, that's that's our goal is to provide you with solutions that are outside of the traditional medication route. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, we're excited to jump into it and kind of break it down. And we hope you're having a great holiday season and are looking forward to the new year. And we want this podcast to be sort of a boost in the right direction, giving you hope uh, for 2022. So let's get started. Um, yeah, Dr. Storzbach, kind of just take us through uh, number one here. Yeah, so the first one uh, we're going to talk about today is vitamin D levels. So I think a lot of people have heard about vitamin D or maybe even getting it naturally from the sun. Um, but going into winter, obviously, we're covered with a lot of clothes. We're not outside as much. So a lot of people are actually low on their vitamin D and don't even know it. And this is, uh, it is not a vitamin. I don't know why they still call it vitamin D. It is a hormone. And so it, it's a supplemental thing you can take over the counter. But I do uh, just advise people to maybe even talk with their physician about it or get their blood levels checked for it before you just start dosing yourself. Um, because it's not like it's fat soluble, so it can sit in your system and kind of accumulate. So you do want to make sure you're taking the right amount. But vitamin D is one of those amazing uh, things that helps with a lot of stuff like immune immunity, um, and it helps. It we've known known in the research now, it definitely helps with headache and migraine levels, um, and also is correlated with depression. So it's just one of those things that's pretty simple to check and pretty simple to take as a supplement. Um, on average, especially in the winter, around 1,000 to 4,000 IUs is kind of the unit normally they use is generally indicated. Um, and we, we can even post on here, I found a great, great um, link to something that even describes different skin types because actually different skin types need a different amount of sun exposure for the proper levels of vitamin D. And so you can, if you really want to get into it, you can jump into that. But um, just kind of off the top is, you know, just be aware of vitamin D, maybe check for it with your doctor and maybe supplement if you need it. Yeah. And especially in sort of the Northern states that don't have, mm-hmm. uh, the sun exposure, especially through the winter months. I mean, if you're in California or Florida, um, this, this could be, it could be that you're getting sufficient, uh, sun exposure. And that means not necessarily sun exposure, like through a window, uh, or even putting sunscreen on will limit your body's ability to, um, synthesize vitamin D. So Mm -hmm. it's really, um, direct sun exposure, but, but not, not necessarily like sunburn level of exposure. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I believe that's about a, you know, 15 minutes or so of direct sun exposure a day. Mm -hmm. And so like I came from Minnesota and we, for like, I don't know, four 
maybe five months of the year. Uh, like it just never made sense to go outside. And if you went outside, um, if any skin was exposed, you get frostbite within five minutes. And so you can, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like vitamin D, it almost had to be supplemented. And I do believe if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think other countries actually supplement uh, foods with vitamin D just because mm-hmm. uh, they know their their people their citizens aren't getting it so it's mm-hmm. something to consider yeah I think that's the first one good easy one to check off kind of in the supplement level yep. and the next one's kind of a supplement too uh, we talked about a lot of things on here about diet and probiotics like gut health and a lot of people you know have heard about probiotics and essentially they're these wonderful little gut bacteria that actually are good bacteria that help us Uh, break things down and also improve our intestinal lining so there's no like leakiness in our gut Um, and long story short the two most researched strains of probiotics that we would like especially people with headaches and migraines to have in their probiotic supplement are called lactobacilli and bifidobacteria Um, those both enhance the integrity of the intestinal epithelial barrier um, and just are well-researched. And so if you're going to take a probiotic, I would recommend that. And this is also something that um, if, if you really want to get prescriptive with, you can uh, see a naturopathic doctor. Um, my wife has been uh, taking her daughter to see a, a really good sort of a pediatric naturopath uh, in town here. And um, it's one of those things that understanding gut health is just, it's what they, they do really well. Um, and gut health is in, important uh, for a lot of different things, but especially when it comes to headaches and migraines and, and the impact that our gut health can have on that is not something that should be overlooked. Mm-hmm. Um, and so taking a simple probiotic can be an easy way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's number two. Easy. Boom, yeah. boom. Number three, we're going to jump down to what connects basically our brain to our stomach, which is the vagus nerve. We've talked about this on a few different podcasts now. It keeps coming up. And uh, the vagus nerve, essentially, again, is this cranial nerve that starts in the brainstem, goes down uh, into multiple areas, but is primarily for digestion and is very important to just make sure that we can relax and rest and digest well. And we've definitely learned that vagus nerve stimulation or making sure that it has good input is really helpful for headaches and migraines. Um, And there's a few ways to stimulate this. We have, again, a whole podcast on it, but um, you can self-massage a certain muscle in your neck called the SCM. And I think we've kind of talked through that on the other podcast. You could probably even YouTube some of that. Um, Things like humming and singing. This is a great time of year to be singing. And so that actually can stimulate the vagus nerve because it runs so close to the the vocal cords. Um, Cold showers actually can stimulate it. And I love just the deep breathing. All of us have probably tried maybe some deep breaths when we're stressed or thought about meditation. But a really simple one you can try like maybe right before you go to bed is to breathe in for a four count and breathe out for a six count. And just do that you know, 20 times or so, or as long as you'd like. And it really will kind of trick your nervous system to calm down and get in that more in that relaxation mode, um, which we now know with research helps headaches and migraines. Yeah. Dr. Storzbach loves the <laughs> Vegas nerve. It's my yeah. favorite nerve. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's been fun exploring the, the impact that uh, the Vegas nerve um, can have. And uh, I think it actually has provided sort of light bulb moments to a lot of our patients, a um, couple in particular that have had some significant GI issues, and uh, and they've that's improved with working on the neck. And it's like, well, how does that work? And, right. 
And so we're able to explain that. Um, or it also gives hope to uh, maybe people, uh, if you're listening to this and uh, you have some some like GI issues connected to your headaches or migraines, then think, think vagus nerve and pursue that mm-hmm. um, and try some of these self-stimulation uh, techniques. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, number four. Number four is caffeine. We get this question quite a bit because caffeine is ingested by just about everybody and does seem to have a big effect on headaches, whether it could increase them or decrease them. Um, And so we always get this question, like, should I drink caffeine? Should I not? And I was so happy to like dive into the research and there really is kind of a good answer as far as the amount of caffeine matters and also the time of day kind of matters. So for headache and migraineurs, 200 milligrams or less a day is indicated, nothing more. About a, a cup of coffee is about 100 milligrams. Um, and so maybe upwards of two cups of coffee a day is fine. And you want to take them at the same time. So you don't want to always be like, oh, yeah, 8 a.m. And then the next day, oh, maybe 2 p.m. I'll catch up. You kind of want to k- stay on that rhythm. Um, and if you do that consistently, they shouldn't have a big impact on your headaches one way or the other, which is what we want. Yeah, yeah. The, the key here is... Um I guess I'd say moderation and, uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it can kind of boost the effect of that pain med and right. That's yeah. why Excedrin can work so well. It has yep. about 130 milligrams in there and it definitely can, yeah, you know, just increase that efficacy of the, of the pain medication too, which is why caffeine is, is used with that. Um, but if you ingest it every day, just take those notes as far as 200 milligrams or less and every time, same time every day. And, uh, just a little practical plug here. If, um, if, if you're drinking like monsters or Red Bulls and, uh, I I would, I would maybe find a different, (laughs) maybe just try tea or a cup of coffee. Um, we've had a few patients that are, um, kind of addicted to the, the Red Bulls and the, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't actually, off the top of my head, I don't know the caffeine content in those, but I think it is quite a bit higher. And then also, um, if you are drinking a cup of coffee, just know that we're talking about like black coffee. So if, if you go and you get the mocha, foo-foo, whatever, <laughs> with caramel drizzled on top, like there are other things in there that could, you know, like the, the sugar, you know, alone could be the trigger. Mm-hmm. And so just understand that if you really want to get the benefits of caffeine, just, just either maybe like a black cup of coffee or tea, um, get that antioxidant effect as well. And, uh, so that's number four. Mm-hmm. All right. Number five. Um, this one has to do with more like eye strain, which we all, um, with a lot of computer work, phone work, uh, COVID, we're all seem to be more digital these days. Um, this one is a simple rule. It's called the 20, 20, 20 rule. Um, it's to relieve some eye stress. And so that means every 20 minutes, you should look at an object at least 20 feet away for 20 seconds. Um, and so if you're looking at a computer, maybe you set a little timer or put a little post-it note that goes, oh yeah, I should look up and away. It helps your eyes diverge or not have to come so close together to focus and just kind of relieve some eye strain that's also associated with headaches and migraines. Yeah. We actually send patients to an optometrist in town that just works on vision therapy to improve the function of the eyes. So how they coordinate and uh, there's a lot of issues that can come about from us staring at our screens. Mm-hmm. And one of those is uh, the eye strain. Um, we're, we're really exercising one specific muscle that causes our eyes to look down and in. 
and then we're sort of neglecting the other functions of our eyes. And so this 20-20-20 rule um, can really help prevent, uh, well, if you already have this sort of eye pain or eye strain, then it can help relieve that tension and prevent it from increasing um, and crossing that threshold into a headache. But for those of you that uh, maybe don't have eye strain, it's just a good rule to follow, especially if you have a desk job mm -hmm. um, or find yourself looking at your phone quite a bit. Uh, just give your eyes a break every now and then. Yeah. We can stay on that. Um, number six is also has to do with eye strain, but it has more to do with like the light spectrum and how our eyes interpret light. Um, we know there's, you know, all different colors in the light spectrum and they've realized that blue light, which can be emitted from TVs, computers, phones, um, can be a trigger or just kind of sensitize you or increase if you're already in a headache kind of increase your pain and so a lot of people have heard of blue blockers they're just um, a lens or glass you put on that helps block out all the blue light and we recommend those for people that one or yeah might be looking at a screen all day long but especially after like 6 p.m to decrease that blue light in your eyes because naturally with evolution we're not really supposed to have that and so we can actually sleep better if we don't have blue light you know, several hours before we go to bed. So that's one easy thing some people will try. Um, and then we also looked at some fun research on uh, green LED lights where people would have to sit in a room with the only light source was a green LED light. They did have to sit there for one to two hours a day, which is a bit, but um, that was the experiment. And they did show that green light was the only type of light that actually decreased the intensity of headaches and migraines. So now you can find those things like on Amazon or, you know, if you're looking for like a, a reading light that is more greenish, it might be a little more effective at night. So that's another thing for eye strain. Yeah. And we've early on, I tested that a little bit in the clinic and uh, I think we're going to implement that with um we're moving locations and we'll have a few rooms that that don't have windows and we'll we'll have uh lamps that we can change the uh, light bulb color mm -hmm. to green yeah um and uh for patients that are sensitive to lights that would be a um, hopefully a better experience for them mm -hmm. yeah another easy thing very practical thing that you guys can do and those those blue blocker glasses um, even though there wasn't like a robust amount of research behind it to, to prove its efficacy, it really was just, there's some things out there that are just worth trying to see if they help. And this is one of those things. Um, if you wear them and you feel like it helps, then great, keep doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, if, if you try them and you don't feel like it helps, it's not a big deal. Um, mm -hmm. but it, it might be worth giving it a shot. Yeah. All right, we can jump to number seven. So this one, um, we're actually going to put a link to this one. It is a screening for anxiety and depression. It's called the HADS, the Headache Anxiety Depression Scale. Um, and so it's just 14 questions, and you basically um, answer them, and then it gives you a score. And it just helps you know if, like, you might be on the border or into the area of anxiety, depression that might need to be managed, meaning you might need to get some outside help, either from your physician, from a therapist, look into some types of medication. And definitely all the research shows combining medication and some type of behavioral therapy is better than just one or another alone, especially for headache people. So I really think that this is just one that no one really likes to talk about, but I think is just super important and very prevalent. And it's an easy screen you can even do with yourself. And you could even then bring it in with you to your physician. Just go, hey, this is something I think I might need to talk about. Um, just open that doorway because we definitely know but headache patients 
um, do better with our treatment if their anxiety and depression is also being treated. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got we've got diet as number eight, and mm-hmm. this is, this is this really is a big one. Um, this is one of those things that people commonly will pursue on their own. And let's say that they trial just the medications that were prescribed. They maybe go through a few prescriptions and then they think, well, I, I want a more natural approach. So let's try diet. Um, and what, what we've found is that the elimination diets can work for people that, um, have a, a noticeable trigger in, in their diet. So for example, like chocolate or wine or cheese, um, or maybe the inflammatory food groups, which would be like dairy or gluten, um, legumes, things like that. Uh, if you do, if you go through an elimination diet and you find that there is that certain food group that helps, that's kind of your way of evaluating that. And of course you can talk to a professional about that. That, that might be the naturopathic approach as well. Mm-hmm. Um, weight loss diets for, um, obese. So this was something that we, we also found is that if you're in that sort of a obese category, um, just, just general weight loss is something that can really help. Um, so you don't need to get too detailed. Um, as far as my opinion with weight loss is that you need something that's sustainable. And so in moderation and then incorporate exercise. And so if, if you're someone that struggles with weight, like just, just try those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that not only will that help whether it's from a gut health perspective, uh, reducing inflammation, um, increasing energy levels, but it will also physically uh, reduce the amount of stress and strain on your shoulders. Your body moving throughout the day is going to be something it really likes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also low glycemic diets um, with high fiber have shown to be uh, have a, a positive impact uh, mm-hmm. on people with headaches and migraines. Um, and then as far as the uh, fats, we're looking at reducing omega-6s and increasing omega-3 fatty acids. Mm-hmm. And that's just one in our Western diet. The ratio is kind of way off. A normal Western diet is very high in omega-3s and low in omega-6s. And so just maybe starting to look at a few labels or understanding which foods are which um, and just changing that ratio where it's more of like a three to one. You can even have a little bit more omega-6s, um, but not like a huge amount more. Right now, I think the average American, it's like a 16 to one. So um, Great. looking at that would be helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, and then we've got uh, number nine. So we're gonna we're gonna isolate the women on this one, mm-hmm. and it's uh, knowing your your cycles and um, estrogen levels. Yeah, they they will drop, and that will increase your sensitivity to pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's just kind of a simple explanation for like why those uh, hormone fluctuations can be such a trigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we think that makes a lot of sense. And uh, especially when we explain the source of pain is coming from your neck and your hormones just impacting your threshold. Um, and so knowing your cycle can put you in a better position of preparing um, for a, a period of time where you have an increase uh, sensitivity or a decreased threshold in what you can tolerate. And so what you're going to do is want to... Um, make sure your neck is in good shape, you know, avoid any other triggers that you might have and, uh, yeah. And, and just be aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, not, not necessarily that hormones are the source, but that they're just going to play a significant part, um, in your threshold. Exactly. Yeah. And the next one, we're going to single out parents, 
um, for their children because we did a whole episode on torticollis, which is kind of like a twisting or wry neck. Um, one specific muscle, the SCM we talked about earlier, kind of pulls the head in a tilted and twisted position. And um, they've kind of shown that kids with torticollis might be a little bit more at risk for headaches and migraines later on. And so it would just be really good for parents to understand what that is. If they see the signs to talk to their doctor about it and look up um, some easy exercises you can do with your child to make sure that their neck, even as a young child, is moving well, because we just, it's a good time to work on it instead of waiting and waiting. And maybe later in life, they have some uh, joint mobility limitations. Yep. Yeah. All right. And then, um, Number 11, we'll do just some kind of the basics. So these are things like daily exercise, and that could be like going for a walk. That's sort of the um, a, a low-stress, low-impact way to exercise, mm-hmm. um, at least just move. Um, because when it comes to walking, we might not be getting our heart rate up, but at least we're getting our, our upper back, low back, shoulders, hips, and even our neck functioning or moving. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's sort of breaking up that maybe the sitting position that you're in all day. Um, and so walking daily, um, sleeping seven to nine hours, sleep is huge, uh, allows our body to recover. It helps, uh, substantially with our ability to cope with pain, especially chronic pain. If you're someone that's dealing with, um, chronic headaches, uh, sleep is going to be a huge thing for you. So, mm-hmm. um, sleep and exercise. And I would actually say, um, three to five days a week, you, you're going to want to, uh, do an exercise regimen that gets your heart rate up um, because getting your heart rate up is just going to ha- not only have good cardiovascular benefit, um, but it's it's going to have an impact on your energy levels. It will improve your sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, anecdotally, I, I always feel better after a good hard workout. I'm able to sleep great that night. Yes. Um, and so getting into that routine, the weekly routine, um, can be a good step in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we can go to number 12. This is kind of talking a little bit more about posture and just what you can you do at your workstation, things like that. Um, the first thing I always tell people is the 60-10 rule. Our spine is really not meant to sit for longer than 60 minutes at a time, ideally. So every 60 minutes, get up and walk around for 10 minutes. You can break that down. If you want to get up every 30 minutes, walk around for five minutes. That's great. Um, but just kind of keep that in the back of your mind. Um, I think that's a good one to stand by. And then, of course, a lot of people will ask maybe for a standing desk or order one for themselves at home. So you can have the, the varying position. Not that you have to stand all day either. I always tell people, like, actually vary it. Maybe sit for half the day, stand for half the day, and or and alternate. Um, the alternating to me in the change of position is most important versus the position itself. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, another practical thing, and this is going back to how to keep your neck healthy, um, posture, paying attention to posture and, and uh, reducing stress through your shoulders is one of the biggest things. So finding a way to stretch your pecs, mm-hmm. um, that could be laying on a foam roller that could be leaning into the corner of a room or using the threshold of a door, um, to get your pecs to loosen up throughout the day. Um, and then also our deep neck flexor exercise. So that's improving the stability of the deeper postural muscles in your neck. And, uh, if you're not sure what that is, um, you can reach out to us and ask, mm-hmm. um, because that's something we give to a lot of our patients. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's more practical as far as like keeping your neck directly at a reduced level of tension. Yeah. 
All right. So there's there's 13. There's probably another dozen or so that we could think of. Mm -hmm. But um, those are sort of the highlights of the podcasts that we've done, sort of what we've learned and what we feel like is going to be helpful for you guys, especially going into the new year. Uh, we are excited for 2022 because for this podcast, the, the goal is to invite guest speakers to the show. That could be people like uh, naturopathic doctors, optometrists, dentists, um, MDs, uh, anyone that has a, an opinion that we think would be helpful for you. Um, we want to interview them. And uh, we've already got a few lined up. Uh, part of that is contingent on this new space we're moving into in about a month. And so uh, we're looking maybe end of February, March, that we'll start having guest speakers, and that'll be exciting. That's very Get exciting. some different experts uh, on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also want your feedback. So going into 2022, we want to improve the podcast and we want to know that we're providing you with relevant information. Mm -hmm. And so we have a texting um, app, a texting function through our line here at Novera. So the number is 719-598-1010, 719-598-1010. And uh, we want you to just text us. Uh, any topics that you want us to talk about, uh, we want you to text us any feedback that you have for us so that we can improve our podcast and, and our service to you. Um, and we want to keep on this mission of empowering everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. We hope you have a great new year, and we look forward to seeing you in 2022. Thanks for listening.